go run a state Senate race. You're going to learn 10 times more about campaigns and politics and how to do it by running a state Senate race than you ever will by working on a presidential campaign. I'm Eric Wilson, managing partner of Startup Caucus, the home of campaign tech innovation on the right. Welcome to the Business of Politics show. On this podcast, you're joining in on a conversation with entrepreneurs, operatives, and experts who make professional politics happen. Our guest today is Terry Sullivan, partner at Firehouse Strategies, a leading public affairs firm. But for the purposes of our conversation today, Terry was the campaign manager of Senator Marco Rubio's 2016 presidential campaign where he also had the honor of being my boss. He's played a senior strategic role in more than 100 campaigns from the bottom of the ballot all the way to the top. In today's episode, we're talking about presidential primary announcement season, which is well underway. What preparations are candidates making? Why are they so coy when everyone knows they're running? And what comes after that? We dive into all that and more. All right, Terry, we're in announcement season, but really preparing for a campaign starts longer than that, years earlier, if you're serious. What goes into the election cycle or to before a candidate decides to officially run for president? Oh, lots. Mitt Romney once said to me um, many years ago when, when he was running for president the first time that the best advice he'd gotten is you can pick any time you want to decide not to run for president. But if you're going to decide, you've got to put yourself in the position years in advance. And so you can wait as long as you want to decide I'm not going to do it. But there is a there is a time when it's too late to decide you're going to do it. Um, and we've we've passed that point um, for any any serious candidate, even in the age of Donald Trump. Uh, this is <laughs> something you've you've got to start. You can't roll down the escalator. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, but but realistically, what people don't remember is, is he was he was running for president. Uh, I, I was what, 92 or right. uh, no, it was uh, well, 2000. Yeah. Well, the 2000, but he also ran uh, a reform uh, party ticket uh, prior to that in uh, against for the nomination on the reform party ticket against Pat Buchanan. Right. Um, and the I mean, there's questionable about, you know, the motives and who got him in and what. But I mean, he was out there, uh, you know, uh, stumping away for the reform party nomination. We're seeing people travel to the early states four years ago. They're like going around raising money for candidates down ballot in states that they don't live in. What are some of the other things that they're they're doing to prepare? Raising money is key. Um, uh, hiring staff is key. Um, figuring out what, you know, your path to the nomination. Um, the, I mean, Sorry, just, I, just... I, I meant more from like the, in the, the cycles in advance, like, I mean, just walk us through the nuts and bolts. Like you're setting setting up like a C4? What 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 are like oh, just yeah. the, the I mean, nuts look, and it, bolts it, there? Sure. I, I literally had, uh, I, I will protect the uh, the innocent, but <laughs> not mention any names, but got a call from someone uh, just last month about, hey, I uh, want to talk about, I've got someone who's seriously looking at running for president and and what did it take to set up a, a, a C4 and a 527 uh, for, for Marco? And I was like, well, unless you're calling me about a run in the uh, in the year 2028, um, you <laughs> missed this, the window here. Um, yeah, because part of it is, is there are uh, for the super PACs and the C4s, uh, you're blocked out once you're in cycle and there's right. no communication. So if you're going to effectively use those, you've got to have them at least a full cycle uh, before 
uh, you announce or, or mm. so, um, you know, that's a critical component to it. Um, the, uh, you know, look, building a house file, building a, a database of, of donors, building relationships. Those are the things you do years in advance, going out campaigning for, for other folks who eventually may campaign for you. Um, you know, building relationship with operatives, building relationship with reporters, um, all these things are just critically important to do long before. I remember the um, uh, before Marco made the final decision, we did a uh, uh, a presentation. I put together a, it was a hundred and one page PowerPoint presentation um, <laughs> that uh, that I did to uh, to show them like here's down to you know historical information about vote totals in early states to amount raised by the eventual nominees to number of days away from home. Um, right. These are how many days each month you're going to have to spend away from home. Um, and this is what it's going to take. And it, I mean, it's a rule. There, there's probably not any job in the world that is more grueling um, than candidate for president of the United States. Yeah. It, it's like a, it's like a, tour for a musician, but it never stops, right? <laughs> and you're going yeah, to no, places that yeah, aren't as exciting. There's way less Coke and strippers um, <laughs> in a presidential campaign than there are in your average like rock bands like uh, tour, I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm All guessing. right. Well, we just turned the explicit label for this this episode <laughs> of the podcast. Was, 6K. Was, well, <laughs> um, right, right. Well, so I, I think one of the other things that people don't appreciate is there's a big freaking country and, and running for presidential uh, the nomination you're you're running a series of it's like the ultra marathon of statewide races so you really have to put in a lot of work so because of that we all know who is running or planning on running for president it's probably one of the worst kept secrets so why are these candidates and and most of all their staff so coy about talking about running and say oh a potential candidate they they just won't admit that they're running for president yeah i think first and foremost uh is you, you the second you say you're running for president you trigger legal ramifications i mean mm -hmm. there are laws that, that go into effect on, on how you can most importantly you can't coordinate with your your c4 or 527 anymore Right. Um, and you have to raise at certain limits. And, and, and like there are there are things that that it triggers. Um, look, there was a big argument, uh, you know, on how Jeb Bush broke the law uh, when he ran for president in 2016. I don't know if most people remember that, but he he did run, um, failed miserably. It was a pathetic uh, campaign. Of, you're you're uh, not low still energy. bitter about it. Um, <laughs> no, I just like rubbing it in friends noses. Um, the uh, no, but look, he ran and and came out there and said, you know, he's he's likely to run. He's probably going to like dancing all around it. All while talking to donors, asking for, you know, one hundred thousand dollar contributions, 50 times the legal <laughs> right. limit that you can't do if you're an actual candidate. The second you say you're a candidate, you can't go out and ask for someone for a hundred thousand. You can ask them for whatever twenty three hundred at the time, I believe it was. Yeah. We're, 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 so, we're cruising up with inflation. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. I know. But um, thank you, Joe Biden. But there are a lot of triggers involved in actually acknowledging you're running for president, I think, is the first and foremost. Got it. So you, you don't you basically don't want to cross the finish line. So what? Okay, you're you're. Let's say you're exploring a run. You know that in that in, in itself, the exploratory committee triggers something. But so so let's let's back up even before that. So, what parts of a campaign like the staff, like the consultants, like offices, absolutely have to be in place and ready for uh, announcement day? 
Well, I mean, it, you know, if, if you're if you're a winning campaign, um, you know, you you you've got to have uh, your your key infrastructure. You know, who's going to manage it? Who's going to be working in in the key early states? Um, generally speaking, you need to have a finance director. Um, you know, you generally have a, a TV person and a pollster. I mean, you know, all the moving parts of, of mm-hmm. a campaign. You don't want to be interviewing folks after you've announced. Right. Um, and so, you know, a lot and of And hopefully stuff you've from, all worked together a little bit before this. <laughs> yes, yes. Right, right, right. A digital person you really don't need because digital is not important. Yeah, and um, I just show up a, a couple weeks before. Right. Yep. It, it doesn't it doesn't work real well. <laughs> um, the No, it is uh, you, you got to have all the, all your leadership really kind of locked in to their roles and ready to go. I mean, like because they're part of the plan. I mean, they're yeah. part of the planning process. So you've got to have all these these people in place. But at the same time, it's not too built out, right? Because you're, you're, that's, that's what you're getting ready to run, uh, run for. But how important is the official announcement rollout when it's happening so far out from real voters actually casting their ballots? Like people are, you know, announcing in spring of 2023, you know, Iowa, I mean, we're having debates this summer. Uh, which is just crazy to me, but but what? Why do you do the the official well, announcement? Think about this, Eric. This, this is this is getting a later start than than you and I did in, in eight years ago. That's true. Um, I mean, this is this is well behind, and, and it's in part because you have a quasi incumbent mm-hmm. um, type scenario. Um, so you're, you've got these challenger type candidates, and the uh, and so you know by recent standards this is kind of a late start because trump kind of froze the field a little bit early i don't know the yeah yeah, well sure or or there's no uh, you know folks don't want to get in the meat grinder with him um (laughs) and and there's um uh so you know and 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 look you you got a desantis who's you know in, in part waiting for uh for kind of some clarification on whether he can has to resign as governor of Florida. Um, right. You've got to, a, a state run legislative press. session and all that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, the uh, yeah. So, so I guess going back to, to Marco's campaign, we, we, we launched in, in April, right. Of 20, 2015. And then f- that, that was, you know, again, fa- fairly early. Um, but, but that was still a really important moment for the campaign. We, you know, we had right. an event. So, we put I out guess, a video. Yeah, and I, I do think, like first and foremost, it's a huge fundraising opportunity. Right. Um, you know, folks raise a lot of money when they announce. They get a lot of media attention. Um, you know, so much of campaigns now matter about media attention. And um, and look, it's your first. It's first impressions. It's 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 voters and the media's first impression um, of not only a candidate. Um, but of their, of their campaign, you know, is this gonna, is this gonna go off without a hitch? Are these guys and gals have, you know, their stuff together? Are they planned? Are they ready? And so I I think it's, it's uh, more of a media spectacle than anything else. Mm Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Business of Politics show. I'm speaking with Terry Sullivan about preparing to run for president. He was a campaign manager for Marco Rubio in 2016. So, Terry, what's next for campaigns after they they go official, they file the paperwork, they wrap up their first early state trips after that announcement? 
Yeah, I mean, look, it is a lot of of raising money um, and a lot of small events in the early states getting uh, to meet people and then combined with getting earned media where you can. And I think that has changed a fair bit over over the years just because there's so much coverage now of campaigns more than there ever used to be um you have more media more news outlets than there ever used to be um and so earned media has taken on a level of importance in campaigns that it's far beyond what it used to be uh, especially in a presidential campaign um i mean look eric you know this when when we ran in uh 2016 the uh there were only we we monitored uh earned and paid media impressions on the target universe uh every single right. week from the day we got in till the uh day that uh we dropped out and for the entire time that trump was in the race uh, there were only two weeks that he didn't get more earned media impressions than every other candidates earned and paid combined. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and we're seeing that already again. And so the ability to generate earned media is critically important. And it goes back to why a announcement is so important is, is getting a lot of positive earned media out of it. And that's a, a big component of how do you put together events? How do you uh, how do you build uh, things to uh, get positive earned media? Um, and Trump's pretty damn good at it. Yeah, and it's hard to how hard to counter that that pull or that gravitational <laughs> effect uh, when when well, you can't. Well, if you're willing to set your set your uh, you know head on fire every day, mm-hmm. um, you know that's tough to that that's tough to compete with. So working on a presidential campaign was the best thing I did for my career, and I'll always be grateful for you for for hiring me on that. Uh, many of our listeners want to work on presidential campaigns, or or maybe if they're an entrepreneur, sell into presidential campaigns. What advice do you have for someone trying to get the attention of a busy decision maker on a presidential campaign? First and foremost go run a state Senate race. You're going to learn 10 times more about campaigns and politics and how to do it by running a state Senate race than you ever will by working on a presidential campaign. Mm -hmm. And because you're forced into doing every job yourself. I mean, there's no, you know, you are the fundraiser, you are the PR person, and you understand that the fundamentals of, of politics. And frankly, you have a hell of a lot more impact on the outcome Uh, based on your skill set of a state Senate race than you ever would a presidential campaign. The the best campaign manager on a presidential campaign is not going to be able to move the needle a tremendous amount, but a just a, a a smart operative can help elect a state senator, um, and it's and it's you know it's that way down the ballot anywhere. The, the higher up the ballot you get, the more the more you're at the uh, the whim of of the prevailing winds, uh, whatever they may be. And, and a presidential campaign is, is a huge component of that, as as we saw with Trump. I mean, it's it is uh, you know obviously this this advice sounds self serving because I got my ass kicked by a reality TV star, so I, I can't <laughs> be that smart at what I do. But at the at the end of the day, um, you had a lot of really smart folks managing campaigns. I know Corey Lewandowski has gotten a lot of crap 
Um, he wasn't the most popular person uh, amongst campaign operatives. He ran a smart campaign, but he but he certainly didn't have the level of experience uh, of running campaigns that that frankly any of the other campaign managers had. Right. Um, and so it, when you look at stuff like that, it's it you know it's a good example of the uh, of of the manager's role or anybody's as a staffer's role matters a lot less than on a down ballot race. That being said, if you're trying to get on a presidential campaign, then volunteer, just get involved. Um, everybody wants to have a, uh, you know, take whatever jobs available, show up and say, I'm willing to work for half as much as anybody else and twice as hard. It's like, it is the, the fundamental thing in, in politics across the board is it is the easiest business in the world to uh, to get into and move up in because it is the ultimate meritocracy. Yeah. If people uh, like you and I can do it, anyone can do it. Right. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it is, uh, no, it's, it is, but, it, but like, look, if, if you just, you just show up and work hard, you know, you can, you can quickly move up the ladder. Well, and, and I think, you know, tying it back to what you said earlier, just like these candidates have to prepare years in advance. If, if you want to make an impact on a presidential campaign and, and, and have that role, you've got to go out and, and, and learn how to do campaigns. You can't just be a, you know, a Washington, D.C. person, never knocking a door in your life, then show up on a presidential campaign. I don't know. There's plenty of folks who get, get uh, campaign, uh, uh, presidential campaigns that fall in that category. To me, they're, they're, they're not the really good ones, but there are, uh, you know, D.C. is filled with political operatives who, who've never never uh, worked in a state in their life uh, in both parties. Yeah. So, uh, Terry, we did this together back in 2016. So that's almost eight years ago. And I was recently chatting with someone who's getting ready to do this for the first time as a as a staffer. And they, they asked me for advice. And I kept thinking back to the different headaches we had. And the technology available today is just so much more accessible. You know, thinking about like keeping your website up. There's now free software with Cloudflare that just does that for you. So from a purely tactical perspective, setting aside the field, what do you think would be the biggest change between 16 and 24? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, technology changes and innovation. You know, it's it's interesting. The amount of money has changed. Uh, and I think that has to do a lot with the, the online fundraising. I, I was just having a conversation uh, yesterday with, with a digital operative who was working on a presidential campaign. And I said, I was surprised that, that uh, Nikki Haley had raised 11 million. And, and he said he thought that was, you know, a relatively small amount based on how things are now with digital fundraising. Um, and back, you know, eight years ago, that would have been a huge amount. And, yeah, it would have um, been a good spot. <laughs> right, right. I mean, Eric, I think we crashed our website on our announcement um, for a few minutes. Uh, sorry if that, like, you know, brings back bad PTSD. Yeah, thanks. Um, but but uh, the – and I think we raised, like, one and a half million dollars that day. You right. Know? It was like a huge, huge win. Yeah. Right. Right. It was, it was, you know, huge and um, it was a, a fraction of the amount. So, so I do think that th- there's definitely more money. I don't know that the money mat like you, there is a, a, you know, a cost of entry in the money, but at the end of the day, I, I don't, you know, if you got enough to charter a plane and get around and have good staff um, and, you and I both know that staff pays worth crap, so you don't need much money for that. Um, th- right. You just throw me a few uh, sandwiches and I'll work for a week. Yeah. Right. We're, uh, we were just talking about that with someone the other day about how we put you guys in that in that attic of that first house we were in. Mm-hmm. And we were afraid that digital was going to come crashing down on all of us because we have so many people up there. 
um, rather than the bathroom kept backing up on the first in the basement. I mean, it was uh, things were things were were going great for us while we were there. Yeah, kids, kids, this sounds if this doesn't you know this sounds glamorous for this is what you want to do for your life. Uh, yeah, you really so, got to want it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, and 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 it was like the air conditioning never really worked, and it yeah. So it was no, it was for you. Just were in the attic. We didn't have we didn't have air conditioning up there. Sorry, man. <laughs> so so the 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 money is a lot different. I, I, do you think people have uh, you know adapted to like a post Trump? Like we've we've run a few cycles of 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 the reality of a President Trump, which we didn't have the benefit of in 2016 uh, is there changes like that or in media landscape what's the you know what are some other factors that have changed uh, you know I, I do think that that the uh phenomenon of trump is as you know it's it's the obvious thing but it, it has changed more than anything else because um it is hard to uh i mean he, he runs an insurgent campaign um that is completely unconventional mm-hmm. and contra and, and all, you know, I mean, the guy gets in t- indicted for uh, <laughs> paying off a porn star and like raises, you know, a like million a huge bucks win off for of the it. campaign. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like, and, and you're, and you're like, and here's the best part. There is nobody on the planet who thinks he's innocent of that. there's no one it's like it's not like the trump supporters are like oh i don't believe that he would ever do that they're like oh yeah no no no, totally did it you know and who cares it's a witch hunt and so i I, like can other candidates get away with that i don't know um i do think and and i think this is something that started with bill clinton a little bit um and has progressed on but if candidates don't have shame um (laughs) it, it really helps them you know, I mean, if you are just shameless and, and never apologize and never admit you're wrong in a weird, bizarre world, it helps you with voters. The second you apologize and say, you know, I messed up in a normal relationship in a friendship, anything else, people are like, oh, well, I respect that you had the courage to apologize and admit you're wrong. Uh, not in not in the abusive relationship of current you know, politics. It's like, yeah, deny, deny, deny. Yeah, I think it's like the the bed of nails strategy is how I liken to it. You know, you step on one nail, it goes right through your foot. If you put a bunch of nails together, yeah, yeah, you're fine. Good, good analogy. So, uh, you know, I think for, from my perspective, the, the biggest change has to be like the flattening of politics. You know, the, the saying that all politics is local, I think, is completely outdated. It's all politics is national. Yeah. Uh, and so that. you think about going to Iowa or New Hampshire. It, I mean, you're having the same conversation as any other state at this point. It's true. I would say I was a little bit different um, because it's a caucus versus versus, uh, you know, a normal voting thing like any sane state would do. Um, So, you know, those crazy people in Iowa like want you to show up and gather in a room and hang out until all the votes are counted. (laughs) Um, The uh, and eat corn on the cob. Will you do it? And driving your ethanol cars while showing up. Um, the, uh, as you can tell, I have zero plans to ever work in presidential politics again. We're just shutting Um, those doors right now. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, but no, it is, uh, they are very, um, so I do think I I was a little bit of a unique outlier and, and the interesting part about it, I mean, look, Ted Cruz won in Iowa, proving that the Zodiac killer can win (laughs) even in Iowa. And the, come on, man, even he thinks that joke's funny. He like calls himself the Zodiac killer the but if you're really a zodiac killer wouldn't you do that um 
the perfect All to crime. say, right? I mean, I like, isn't that a great plot twist? Um, but no, he, uh, but, but so I do think that that can be a little bit more localized, but I completely agree with what you're saying is that, that look, it's the national ballot. Getting, and look, Republican getting on Fox News. Just get on Fox News. Stay on Fox News. The more time you're on Fox News, the better you're going to do uh, nationally and the better you're going to do in the States. It's, it is not a it is not three-dimensional chess. It is checkers. All right, Terry. So uh, last question for you. Imagine that someone dragged you off your boat, got you to run another presidential campaign in 2024. What's something you'd like to try out that, that maybe you weren't sure about last time or, or think would be Shoot myself be in cool. the head on day one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I would, I would never do an, another race at all for any candidate, but I think that, um, a strategy that we definitely got wrong for Marco was running a, we, we ran a lean campaign, but we still were so focused on running a conventional campaign of message discipline and only focusing on talking about policy issues, not feeding the beast of these uh, ridiculous reporters on every tchotchke story about how many yard signs you have, right. and what county chair, and all these BS stuff that we said, look, we, you know, it became a joke. It was literally process stories written. Um, uh, I remember McKay Coppins wrote a, a story about how we don't, the process of that we say we won't talk about process. Um, and that was our thing. We just didn't talk about process type stuff. And then you have a Trump who just gets up there and talks about polls all day long. I mean, no one knew what his policies were. Hell, I think most people still don't know what his policies are. He just talks about winning. It was like a Charlie Sheen, you know, interview. And, um, like he was, you know, tiger blood and winning. Um, and so I do think that that strategy is what the media wants and giving the media what they want gets you on TV more and that matters. I mean, so I think, you know, whatever they want to talk about, get on, whatever you need to to get on TV, I think is the key to success and the pathway to the nomination, unfortunately. So it's like totally committing to the kayfabe of pro wrestling. Uh, Yeah. Just, it's all, it's the the process about the process, the, the campaign about the campaign. Yeah, 100%. Well, my thanks to Terry Sullivan for a great conversation. You can learn more uh, about him uh, and and what he's working on now at the link in our show notes with uh, Firehouse Strategies. If this episode made you a little bit smarter or gave you something to think about or or maybe rethink, uh, all we ask is that you share it with a friend or colleague and and you'll look smarter in the process. Uh, Remember to subscribe to the Business of Politics show wherever you get your podcasts so that way you'll never miss an episode. And you can also sign up for email updates on our website at businessofpoliticspodcast.com. With that, I'll say thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 